Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome, listeners, to another mashup. This is a wonderful uh, episode that we have here. Two wonderful guests, uh, Ira Wolf, who is from episode 275. And the title of that episode is, When, when Are We Going to Get Back to Normal? So when are we going to get back to normal? And people are still asking that question, even though with the pandemic and so forth, uh, some countries are back to normal-ish, and others are still asking. And Ira, great guy, a millennial trapped in a baby boomer's body. And uh, yeah, so just check out that in the mashup here. And of course, episode 276, Dr. Marie Nalini, Gav is her name. And uh, the episode here is How to Build Your Voice as a Woman Leader. So listeners, I'm going to encourage you to sit back now, take notes, and let's enjoy. But ultimately, leaders are going to have to take to really, really look at their organization. And I think we'll, you know, we'll get to this. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but really focus on cultures, really focus on there's a lot of lip service talking about a people first or a people forward organization. To make that happen really is going to be a challenge because our organizations have been bureaucratic, hierarchical. Uh, we still have a lot of work to go with diversity and inclusion and equity and, and people are struggling with the recruitment and retention and and even leadership uh, development. So there's so much on the plate. There's so many different priorities. The pandemic pulled the curtain back and exposed, you know, no matter how good anybody was, it it said, you weren't that good. (laughs) You weren't ready for what was going to happen going forward. So I think the role of leaderships uh, is going to really be helping, helping people adapt to all the changes that are happening. Yeah, so right. I mean, wow, that's, I'm loving what you're saying because COVID did expose a lot of people and expose a lot of businesses as well. And I think, you know, so my my actual company that I actually own is called Leading Change Partners. And we get in with organizations and partner with them to lead change. In other words, uh, lead change with them amongst themselves as leaders and the employees as an organization, but also lead change in business and in the industry and market. One thing for you to go through change and experience that. Another thing is to go actually lead it as well. And it's a different thing. And I think you're so right what you're saying. COVID has exposed people and some people have had to go now and, and, and change and, and upskill themselves into other things or pivot, adapt, whatever you want to call it. And they've had to go and do it. And it's been amazing to see the different stories coming through IRA and those who have gone off and exploded and gone and done something different in life. And I just think that's just wonderful. Sometimes something like a pandemic or a global financial crisis or anything like that can be the catalyst for us to see change and see things people moving forward. Yeah, you know, every day I, I'm in a conversation with somebody who can't wait to, you know, 
know, it's either either the question to me or their their context is that we're you know can't, when do you think we're going to get back to normal? <laughs> and one is we're not, and and normal also just it's an interesting conversation. And I hadn't thought about it until the pandemic and people started talking about normal. What was normal for you? You know, you're you're in New Zealand. I'm in Pennsylvania. We came from different backgrounds. What our experiences in life that was our normal, but it wasn't universal. I know best what it was like to live in the U.S. I mean, normal in the United States pre-1960, there was only one third of working age women were, were working and sometimes they weren't allowed to work. You know, women didn't go to college. Women weren't allowed to open a bank account without their husband's permission. We can get into race. I mean, if you were a person of color up through the 1960s, you weren't allowed to go to the same restaurants, the same schools, the same hotels. But that was normal. That was normal for our grandparents. That was normal. My question is, is that the normal you want to go back to? And there are some distorted people <laughs> that may want to go back to that. But as a whole, that's not what people want, regardless of your race or age or gender or ethnicity. Nobody really wants to go back to that. But that's what we consume or think of normal. But the other part of normal is that I just heard this great definition the other day. And normal is a state of mind where you don't want to see anything change. Yeah, perfect. And that's just not going to happen anymore. But not only is are things going to change, they're going to accelerate. And you're, you might be familiar, some of your listeners might be familiar with Ray Kurzweil or Singularity University. Kurzweil is the, I think, chief engineer officer at Google, or at least he was. Um, but he talks about the accelerating rate of change, and he has the 10-year rule. And the 10-year rule is similar to Moore's law, which was the, you know, the computer chip rule, that every 18 months, the, the rate of processing speed would double. Well, the law of acceleration from Kurzweil was that every 10 years, the pace of change would double, which also, which means that in 2022 that we're in now, if you roll the clock forward into 2042, then everything that occurred in the year of 2020, all the way from in the U.S., an election, a pandemic, wildfires, climate change, and in many other countries, social unrest, uh, many of those were were global, that what occurred in 12 months will occur in three months, which is terrifying if you think about it, all those events. And then in, in another 20 years after that, so 40 years from now, all the change that we're experiencing is going to occur like 11 days. And that's not exact science, but it, it hopefully gets the point across what living on an exponential curve feels like. We're not ready for that. We're not accustomed to that. We, we want to go back that there's some predictability, some routine. We want to slow it down. We're not going to be able to slow down the change, no matter what it is at this point, but we can certainly become better at responding and managing the change, managing our response to change. That's, to me, the role of what leadership is going to be going forward. The people that we're going to remember in 20 or 30 years from now, and maybe as an older baby boomer, I won't be around to, to remember that. But what other people I think are going to be citing as, as the great leaders of today are going to be the people who helped humanity get through this and not through handouts, but teaching them how to respond better to an accelerating rate of change. Yep. 
Very good. I totally agree. I think that's, that's some wonderful stuff that you're sharing there. Now, Ira, who is your favorite leader? Now, this person can be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? I'm going to hedge on that one. I've got many. And, and I think I used to have a pat answer and then they were all taken out of context. My favorite leaders are many. I mean, you know, I've got favorite coaches, you know, sports coaches. I've got, you know, one of the, the my, one of my favorites who I follow, I still like his philosophy is Warren Bennis. B-E-N-N-I-S. More consultant than, you know, a CEO or a coach or an individual. We were just talking before, like your dad, you know, someone who 80 years old continues to set an example, do his own thing, you know, has a quality of life. My mother, we got relatives, we know people. My favorite leaders isn't necessarily an individual person. It's a person who who's led a, a moral life, an ethical life, has helped community, has humility. It's, it's not necessarily a person that we can recognized by name. You know, it's going back to the Good to Great book. You know, many of the people in there, the best people, the best leaders, weren't people we ever heard about. They weren't the people on the front lines. So my favorite leader isn't necessarily an individual person. It's just a, a person who has not even necessarily come up from the ashes, but someone who has really led other people, helped other people. You know, one of the, the terms we talk about today is co-elevating people, but uh, had a humility about them, led a good life. And at the end of the day, it's they were measured not how many dollars they had in their bank account or what their compensation was, but by how many people that they helped and touched. Mm-hmm. I think it's about the the influence I've had on others and having values and being strong and dependable and, and consistent. And I love what you say there too, because, you know, it's so right. Uh, there are so many people out there. You don't have to be famous. There are people who are out there having influence on others for sure. Ira, the show here is called Leadership is Changing, as you know. And when I say that title, that statement, what does that mean for you? Well, I think it just goes back to what I what I shared earlier. Leadership, at least going forward, is about change. It, it's helping people, whether it's it's more than changing their business model. It's more than building an organization that is going to you know respond, you know, identify what their future customers are. Uh, more, it's more than just business. Uh, leadership is changing, in hopefully in a good way. That it is going to be more people focused. Whether it's people, as I said, there's a lot. Of terms out there, people forward, people first, but it's going to be people focused and and hopefully leadership. It's going to really finally be more about compassion and empathy and co-working. And you may have the title of leader, but you still, everybody, at least all, well, many people put their, their pants on one leg at a time, um, you know, and, and what other terms you want to use. But I, I, leadership hopefully is going to be about helping people adapt to a future. And give them the help them help create an environment and provide the skills that will help people have an opportunity to grow and to thrive. It doesn't mean everybody's going to take it, but at least you have a you're an equal opportunity provider in giving people the an equal opportunity to grow if they choose and give them and, and give them the support and tools that they need. Now tell me, this could be you may have several, but who's your favorite leader and why? Now this person can be alive or from history. So who is that person? You know, one person that really made a big mark on my mind is the CEO of Johns Hopkins Baby Medical Center. That's where I worked at that time. His name is Greg Schaefer. And he did not teach me to teach me, but I learned this by observing him. And how amazing, right, that you are teaching others without really teaching them. So I remember on, you know, one of our walks, you know, as we were walking through the hospital, he saw a paper pin on the floor. 
and he bent down and picked it up and put it in the trash can now this might seem like a very simple gesture but it made me think because you know i come from india and india bosses do not do those things so i saw this humility in this person and i actually asked him you know why did you pick up that paper pin and he said you know one of the missions of our hospital is safety and if i am not living that mission who will so i have to be that example that was one thing and then the second thing that he taught me was he said i don't care if people like me or not but respect is non-negotiable and this is something very important that i teach my clients it is not important to get people to like you it is important though to get them to respect you and as soon as they start respecting you they are going to put you in a completely different league and you will stop all the people pleasing business you know that we do we want to make our bosses happy our colleagues happy we have to move away from that and make respect as our gold standard so it was just amazing to have those two things stand out and it was great to see him lead Excellent. And what I was just about to say, and I'm glad you shared those exa- those two examples of what he did, because he's not a name that everyone knows around the world, like a, a Mandela and so forth. But see, that's that's somebody who's had impact on you, but also others, many others. And when you said, I don't know if you noticed what you said, but when you actually talked about the paperclip thing on the on the on the ground, and you talked about people in India, and you said, and the people who are the boss in India wouldn't do that. You see, that's the difference between a boss and a leader. Two different things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. And and then when you said about the respect is non-negotiable, love that. I think that's that's really good because you there are so many people today who are trying to do things to get approval or to be liked, right? And um and it's wrong. It should be you should do what you need to do because of a purpose and a reason. And yeah, what you just said, the respect is non-negotiable. What he was saying, very good. Mm. Yeah, that has to stop, right? Looking for validation from others. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, totally. Now, the podcast here is called Leadership is Changing. That's the title. When I say that title statement, what does that mean to you? When we say leadership is changing, I mean these days, this is, you know, during COVID and after COVID. This I mean before COVID and after COVID, it is completely changed. This time, this lockdown has given people a lot of time to reflect they have introspected they are trying to understand what their purpose is why they are doing what they are doing and they are realizing their worth they are realizing that i can be so much more productive when i am at home and they are going to challenge they are going to challenge organizations if they make it compulsory for everybody to come in the building to work they are going to be challenged because people are realizing that they add so much more value they can be in the home environment and they can be productive and they can be creative and it seems like a perk right it used to be a perk in the past this actually might become the norm so when i think about leadership changing i want organizations to keep this in mind to have eyes on the prize not on the how you set goals for the employees and then you let them lose let them become creative bring their best work in the environment where they are the most comfortable and let them do the magic and that's what i see that we cannot have that conventional rules around this that you have to be at work from 9 to 5 because they can do that work in their home in a short amount of time so that they can take on bigger better strategic 
responsibilities and give much more. Yep. Organizations set the strategy, get out of the way and let the employees get on with the magic and get them, let them do what they need to do, I think is really important. And, you know, when you said about adding value and you said about, you know, working from home, of course, there's the work and then there's also the creative side. I think what's really quite important here is that we can add value to the home life by being home. We mm-hmm. can add value to the work life and also being creative is giving us that space to be creative. And I think it's that's wonderful to, to, to think about and really good. Let the magic happen. Well, there you go, listeners, a millennial trapped in a baby boomer's body. And Dyra Wolf uh, from episode 275 and Dr. Marinalini Garv, who talks about how to build your voice as a woman leader. And of course, if you really want to go back and listen to those episodes, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and do that because they have both shared wonderful insights that you'll be able to learn some things from. But you know what? You might be able to relate to some of it of what they have shared. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.